0: I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there.
1: I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? The Lakers roster is set for the 23-24 season as the Lakers sign Christian Wood to a vet men deal you're listening to the Laker Film Room Podcast. I'm Pete, joined by Darius and Mike. And guys, we had a long time to marinate on this one, right? Like The vast majority of this team, as is often the case, was put together in the first 48 hours of free agency, but uh, we were in a holding pattern on this, and and Wood was the name that was out there. I think that we had kind of three different routes that we theoretically could have taken with that last big man spot, one being Wood, the great offensive talent, one being the bruiser that I was pining for, and another being kind of the rim protector. I think there's valid arguments for all three but christian wood is a super talented offensive player and it's funny before the signing happened i was thinking hey what are we going to talk about on the pod tomorrow and one of the things that's been on my mind is i've been really excited about how good of a jump shooting team i think this team is going to be and that was before the christian wood signing which i think takes that to a totally different level with the pick and pop five so mike wood is a guy that's bounced around a little bit a guy that can put up some big time numbers, but again, has bounced around for a reason. So thoughts on Christian Wood signing.
2: Yeah. Christian Wood is a name that I think has been on a lot of teams' minds throughout the course of the summer. And with the talent that he has, especially on the offensive end, I think that Wood thought that there was going to be a larger potential deal out there for him. And maybe that's part of the reason that it's taken this long, but for the Lakers to reportedly get him, you know, for what they got, which is essentially a vet min, with a player option that uh, that to me is well worth the signing just in terms of a talent play. Just the simple reason as to why, why things haven't worked out with wood and the previous couple teams, it was Dallas last year and then Houston, the previous couple uh, it's not as simple as just offense defense, but that's like a big part of it. Like his just when he was on the floor, take just last year uh, with Dallas, uh, he had the, the third worst defensive rating on his team and offensively, much closer to the top, right? He was really around fourth. Uh, and there are a couple reasons for that. I know, Pete, you've been diving into some tape. I know, Darius, you've been thinking about this for a while also. But as with many things on this Lakers roster, you start to think about the Darius term of slotting. And, well, if Anthony Davis is on the floor, uh, then you know the defensive limitations that Wood has shown in the previous stops of his career, maybe those uh, aren't as significant. And then the offensive limitations spacing that he can provide are but how much are those two going to play together uh, this is still we've talked about what happens when anthony davis is not on the floor and that isn't necessarily an area defensively that that wood can carry but, but we're i'm sure we'll get deeper into all of these things but that's like my initial thought is just it, it's a very sensible talent play um and provides kind of mm-hmm. a, a higher ceiling uh and if there are things that wood continues to do the same as the previous couple of years it's not necessarily that the the Lakers are not depending on it in the same way, uh, perhaps, that Dallas needed to or that Houston thought that they might be able to get to uh, prior to that.
3: So I didn't want Christian Wood. I've had a long time to think about it. And every single time I thought about it, I was just like, I'll pass. Christian Wood is not my type of player, personally. Christian Wood has seven years of NBA experience. He has played for the 76ers, the Hornets, the Bucks, the Pelicans, the Pistons, The Rockets and the Mavs. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven whole teams in seven seasons. Pete, you said he's bounced around a little bit. He has not bounced (laughs) around a little bit. He has ping-ponged across the league for every single year that he's been in the league. So it's like, there's a reason why a player as talented as him. You should find a way to stick somewhere when you're as good as he is for longer than the two seasons that he spent in Houston, which is the longest he spent anywhere. 108 games that he played in Houston for a very bad Rockets team. And where Christian Wood has played, usually losing has followed. And so, like, I'm all for the idea and I can get behind, like, the arguments that It's a great talent play and that he's an excellent offensive fit and that there are so many reasons to be optimistic around the idea of Christian Wood on this specific Lakers team. And none of that is lost on me. I'm just saying that the whole summer, it's like, hey, Christian Wood is out there. And I'm like, yeah, he's been unsigned for a long time for reasons. You're in show me mode? It's not even just show me mode. It's just like, look, man, you got to play against type. There are certain things where it's like, oh, I've seen you do this thing, but you don't do that thing enough. And that's the reason why I'm sort of skeptical about you. I know you can do it. You haven't during your career enough. Show me. Then there's, oh, well, you've never done this thing. Now go do that thing. And do it for like at a high enough level where I trust that you're going to do it in high leverage games. And this is where, though, I don't want to go too far in that direction because the Lakers have not invested a lot in Kristen Wood, Pete. They have been invested basically a two year contract, second year player option, which just to sort of put this out there, too. That is now the current terms of doing business to get a minimum player to sign with you versus
1: getting him to sign with another team. A lot of the same vet men players are being competed over by multiple teams. And that's sort of the sweetener that you have to give, I think, a lot of times to beat out other teams.
3: Almost all of Phoenix's vet men yep. guys were two-year guys with a second-year player option. Yep. Jackson Hayes has the same contract. Cam Bredish has that same contract. The Lakers gave that same contract to Davia Jones. Last season, which was like, hey, we want you to come on a minimum contract. We can't give you more than that. Here is the sweetener. There's security with this. And I may be wrong about this, but I also think that the second year player option, the two year with like when you don't have any bird rights attached, like it also limits if you can be traded without your permission. Mm -hmm. Like there are little things that, that go in to this. Anyways, like I just wanted to get my initial thoughts out there on Wood. He is not a defensive player. And to me, he comes off as a player that is selfish. He has been a guy that has been about his numbers. And on a team that wants to do something serious in the playoffs, there is not a lot of room for guys where their concern is about them first, unless they are the very best players in the world. And When they are getting their own, it benefits the other guys on the rosters in ways by lifting them up as well. And Christian Wood is just not that caliber of player. And so I am coming into this with a fair amount of skepticism about just his overall
1: rightfully so ability to like be a winning player. The only thing I'd add to that is that there was nobody available at the 14th spot that I think it was like oh yeah you signed this guy this guy's going to be in the playoff rotation right and I, so everybody sure. that we could have signed came with some some degree of this but that said your your points are well taken and to me this spot was it's more about the overall roster that you're left with at the at the end of it because we usually like to keep the that 15th spot open. So this is basically the team. And AD is the only guy that we have that the only five we have that can really effectively run a drop coverage. And so we we're, we're gonna have conversations, you know, about how to kind of mitigate defensively. That said, I think we're gonna score a zillion points this season. I think we're gonna score a ton of points. I think offensively there's a ton of talent. I think we've upgraded um, jump shooting wise. If you look from going from Dennis Schroeder to Gabe Vincent, from Troy Brown to Torian Prince, and now to Christian Wood versus our our previous bigs, the guy I'd compare him to in most recent Lakers history is Thomas Bryant. I think there are a lot of similarities there. Wood is a really good offensive player. Um, he's both a pick and pop guy and a pick and roll guy. He's uh, consistently one of the more efficient guys as a finisher in those situations in the league. Um, He's going to really dominate smaller players around the basket. Like if he gets caught on a switch, he's really good at overwhelming guys um, around the basket. And there's a reason he's a 16 and eight type of guy, right? And he can help on the boards a little bit, uh, Mike. He'll block more shots. And he rightfully has a reputation as not a good defender, but he's also going to get you some blocks shots right which is a little different than tb um so there's something to work with here for sure right uh that said i totally hear where darius is coming from mike so i'm curious your thoughts on the the skepticism that, that d has here no the, i think the
2: skepticism is just that's just darius watching a lot of basketball and like being aware of everything that's going on i don't think that's you know i don't think that's harsh or uh i think that's just the reason that he was unsigned to this point. But Mm -hmm. I also think that, that there were a lot of teams that were interested in the talent play for what this contract is. So like both things are true, you know, and to me, the player that the players that I think of that the Lakers have had experience with from a mentality standpoint coming into a season, I think of Dwight Howard and I think of Russell Westbrook. Uh, And now those are higher level players before they got here in uh, in terms of all that they had accomplished in the league but guys that sort of played the way that they played. And this, this is me, you know, this, I'm going to do what I do. And I think that what has sort of played a certain way and not necessarily always what the coaching staff or what the teammates uh, thought that could be best utilized because of his mix of size. And, uh, and like Pete, you mentioned some of the shot blocking and the rebounding. Like, it's not like he doesn't have the talent to do more defensively than he has. Um, But I guess another player I would put into this at a lower level would be Cam Reddish, where there's mm-hmm. a certain way that we've talked about. Reddish sees himself in the league and there's a certain way that he should play. And, you know, this is now a situation where these two guys come in on these types of contracts where it's clear, especially with LeBron and AD on the court to start the game. And now where Austin Reese has emerged to, and some of the players that have gone through the playoff grinder Like this is a established team that if you want to get into, I think that you Mm -hmm. do need to show that you can play, that you have to play the right way Uh, because otherwise there are other options. And that is the thing that was not the case with Westbrook. Mm -hmm. There was not another option. Like right when he got here, it was, he was going to have to play. Uh, But when Dwight got here, there was another option. It was JaVale McGee or it was Anthony Davis playing the five. And to me, that's whether or not the player adjusts mentally To what the situation is, the roster and the coaching staff and the sort of the front office have to be able to have enough together as a solid unit to overcome that. And since they do in this case, I think that allows for some more of just the talent uh, to come out from the player.
1: Yeah, further to Mike's point, the, like there's way more of a natural pecking order on this team than there's been on any other team that Christian Wood has been on. Like if Christian Wood is the difference between whether or not you're a good team or a bad team, you're going to be a bad team. But on a team like this, where he is a 14th man that is being competed over by you know multiple teams on a vet min deal, I think that there's a degree of natural slotting where that those guys that are looking to kind of get their own and, and mike brought up reddish as well there's like you're not going to do that on a lebron and ad team to the the same degree so what, what's your thought on that the context of wood on the lakers is a little bit different than the other stops that he's been at in a while but yes and no let's take a break here let's take a quick break here
3: I am coming into this with clear eyes. And so it's very hard to sort of be all about yourself on a LeBron James led team. That's 100% true. And the idea of players falling into line or or understanding the context of their role on a LeBron team, the, the rate of that possibility goes up, right? Not down when you join a LeBron team. That said, I don't care if Kristen Wood was the 18th player signed. Being the 18th, like nothing's going to humble you if you don't want to be humbled. Mm -hmm. It's like the idea where people have talked about this with like the Warriors a lot. Well, it's just like, well, they signed free agent X. Well, that player's contract is actually $150 million, even though he's getting paid like $8 million Because the year. luxury
1: tax and all that,
3: yeah. Yes, because of all the luxury tax implications. It's just like, no, this player makes $8 million, and the reason why the luxury <laughs> tax hit goes up is because all of these other guys are already on the roster, yeah, right? And so, like, I have that same idea with Kristen Wood coming it's just like, oh, well, he's the 14th player. Like, yes, he was the 14th player sign. He gets into a room, Is he going to look around and be like, oh, there's 13 players better than me here. I better fall in line. Like, no, that's not how that works. He's going to come in and he's going to compete. And he might look at Jackson Hayes and be like, I'm better than Jackson Hayes. He might look at Rui Hachimura and be like, I'm better than Rui Hachimura.
1: Vanderbilt, I'm better than Vanderbilt. These front court minutes are mine. That's a good right? thing. And so, that can be very very much a good thing. We've got a lot of talent on this team. And so if this is done well, you know, this is, there can be a lot of competition. It can be a good thing. It could also be a bad thing.
3: Oh, yeah. There's been this clip, Mike, that's gone viral over this summer. And it's of Andre Drummond. And he's at a camp. So he's talking about, you could be this $100 million player. He's like, I'm going to share something with you about my personal, like, this is personal to me. You could be this $100 million player. Teams don't care how well you rebound. They don't care about your stats. They don't care about your numbers. They want you to be a good teammate. They want you to be a good presence and positive. If you can't sit on the bench and cheer for your teammates when they're having success, if you can't be a part of the group, they don't want you. It doesn't matter what your stats are. And he's like, that was me. I was the $100 million player. And now I'm a vet men player because I was the guy who wasn't celebrating my team. And so that idea, Pete, of like, it's good to think that you're going to go and compete and you're better than this guy and I want to go and get it. Mm -hmm. If that, though, leads to you not being able to support the guy that the coaches say is a better solution for this environment in this moment then that's where and that's sort of the crux of my issues with wood over the course of his career is has he bought in enough to be like i'm going to celebrate the successes of everyone else even as i think i could be the guy who's providing those successes and i'm not being given that opportunity and that's a different role for him that he may have to accept on this lakers roster
2: yeah totally it's also where i i start to think about a front office in terms of the executives, and in this case, Rob Polinka at the top, and then you know the head coach and Darvin Ham, and the executive's job is sometimes to make the the biggest talent play, or at least cost relative. Mm-hmm. Play that they can and then say, Hey, coach, you know, I get this isn't all perfect, but here's the talent. Here are the things Wood can do. Figure it out.
1: Go make you it know, work.
2: Yep. Yep. Go, go make it work. Use and, and that's now the, that's where all of these previous concerns, which I mostly share. Um, Darius, now it's sort of like, all right, well, here he is. What are you going to do with it? And I think about Dallas before the all star break last year, you know, wood was a, a just slightly positive net rating. It was like 0.3. Um, and yet relative to Dwight Powell, who started a lot in the middle, only played twenty minutes per game, but Powell was a plus six, and they were they were used to playing. Luca was used to playing like the way that Powell played, and Wood was coming in and kind of playing the way that Wood played, and yet they were still probably a little bit better overall, uh, and, and could have played Wood some more minutes. Then after the break, uh, Wood was a minus six um, for from, and it just seemed like the fit wasn't really. It wasn't even just the fit. It just it just sort of seemed like whether it was Jason Kidd or it just wasn't working, and they didn't think that it was going to that it was going to work. Well, now all of a sudden we've we've had this lineup. We've talked about the big thing was Rui Hachimura versus Vanderbilt, and I think that you know Vanderbilt was uh, was the answer for me uh, and Darius. And I think Pete, you were more open to the Rui idea, thinking mm-hmm. about what's the closing lineup going to be in the postseason, and if you're going to switch the way that you play, then maybe you just get more reps with that and et cetera. and with Wood, I like I no surprise would stick with the same lineup um, and have Wood come in as that bench option, have him play a little bit with AD. Um, but this allows LeBron to stay as a big defensively and et cetera. But I'm I am curious your take, Pete, on the basketball um, side of this now. And now and, and we'll see how the mentality comes around. We'll see like what the attitude yeah. is. We'll see all that. But what is the what is the actual best way to utilize Wood as he's been? Basketball wise, and not expect that he's uh, that he's necessarily going to change overnight with the thing the way that he plays defensively, for example. So
1: I, I think a simple answer. I think that this is probably a harbinger of more too big lineups. This is just a guess on my part, but I would be surprised if Wood signed without. Not a promise that he'd be in the rotation or 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 play necessarily, right? Like I don't think promises are being given. But when a guy like that's being competed over by multiple teams for a vet minimum type type of deal, and he's only 27 years old. So if he goes somewhere, like Miami was a rumor of a place that he might go. If he goes to Miami and has a really good season, he could totally get a, a deal like what Dennis signed with the Raptors, right? And and so I do think Expect him to get some playing time, and when you watch those Dallas teams last year, this was something that we experienced as Laker fans way more than I wish we did over that eighteen months stretch in the Funhouse. Was lineups that were so fundamentally broken in in some aspect of basketball that it made it kind of ruined other things that you were doing that were pretty good, and in in Dallas's in, in Dallas's case, they had such so little interior presence on the defensive end that teams would just like back them down like a dad playing their 12 or 13 year old son you know when it's time for game point and they were just getting the they were spamming things that don't normally work but you have such little size on and they traded you know a lot of their wings defensively with uh, dorian finney smith and guys like that that they were just so small that teams and they, they fell apart right and so i think part of the lesson of that and really woods other stops and this describes a lot of his other teams that he played for, if he's the only big on the floor, you're gonna be bad on defense. That's something that's that's just how it's gonna be. And so it's one of those things, like you said, Mike, where you make the talent play, and he's a really talented guy, that now it's Darwin's job. And I think that we've got a conversation to have down the line of on a few different aspects of this team of like, Darwin's going to have to, I think, change some of the things that he did last year because the talent is in a lot of ways so different. And that's one of the things to me, D, that's been standing out to me about taking a step back and looking at the, the roster overall. We're much better uh, as a jump shooting team. As I said earlier, we're also less athletic than we were last year. Um, And I think that that has ramifications on both ends of the floor, right? That, and I think overall we're in a better spot. And I think that talent wise, everybody agrees like this team is one of the contenders for a championship, right? And that's exactly why figuring out where does a guy like that fit in? And so I, I will sort of swing it before I get uh, all the way to the, to the punchline on how to use Christian Wood to you, Darius, is what is with all of your concerns about Wood, what are ways to mitigate that in the context of this Lakers roster?
3: Well, let me just say, too, this is like I've brought, I think, a fair amount of sobering. Sure. In many ways, like negative perspective on Wood. And, and so I do want to flip the conversation from my end like a little bit. Big and talented to me is better than like big and athletic or big and skilled is yep. better than like big and athletic with like no skill. Wood slots almost perfectly offensively into so many different lineup Mm -hmm. types for this Lakers team that you could envision him sort of playing himself into a role where he's just a natural fit over other players who might be more well-rounded or offer other things because the offensive fit is so good, right? And this is this, in some ways, it's like the inverse argument of my wanting Vando mm-hmm. in the lineup. It's it's that Vando's defensive fit is so natural next to like LeBron and AD and like the skill sort of like not as strong physical guards. It's just like, no, man, like you got to play this guy mm-hmm. because he's going to be providing you something that like really no one else on the roster does. And, and mm-hmm. so why are we trying to diminish him? in ways, right? And so I don't want to rehash that because I know that there's obviously another side to the argument that that's been articulated well. And so Wood is is very similar to me. It's like, like, oh man, look at this guy. He's gonna, he can pick and pop. He can space for AD. He could play inside. Even at times, and he can be a pick and roll partner for LeBron and D'Lo and all of these guys, like for guards who don't threaten the rim as much, his gravity going away from the basket as a pick and roll player can help D'Lo and Austin get downhill in ways that – isn't necessarily like their most natural way of playing Mm -hmm. and for LeBron especially all of those like oh LeBron's drives are down or he's not attacking the rim as much you can switch that LeBron would pick and roll but like okay you're gonna start getting in trouble a little bit and in the same way that we talked about when LeBron plays with Rui and, and AD, like, okay, well, who's going to guard yep. one of these guys? You run into similar issues Very when so. Wood is on the court. It's, it's like, all right, you put your big bruising wing on LeBron, and then you put your center on AD, and then Wood is in the game? And you're like, well, what the hell are we doing here? Like, who's going to guard this guy? And you try to put a small guy
1: on him, and it's going to be death. What'll give you 30 points? If, if, if you, he has a a mismatch, he's going to, in that game, (laughs) the infamous Austin at the five game, that was who was kicking our ass at the five spot offensively. And so there's, that's one of the great things about basketball is you can win games in a multitude of different ways. And so that whole idea of you kind of run out of guys. Um, also, I think the ramifications that it has on LeBron and AD offensively are significant in that my my whole rants about like lebron in the post and the importance of that it's more about i think the less we have to ask him to beat guys off the dribble in year 21 the better and i think that he can still have superstar level dominance and one of the ways that i think we can do that now that hadn't even occurred to me before the the Woods signing but you know how draymond kind of like stands at the top of the key and there's all these amazing shooters kind of you know flowing around him and then Golden State gets a lot of layups as a result of the perimeter gravity that they have because somebody overplays defensively and then that shooter back cuts. Like the idea of LeBron at the top of the key, Mike, and we love running that play where we put AD in the left corner and we set a down screen for him and he curls toward the basket. Right. And LeBron at the top of the key with shooters at every other type of position, like, man, the the gravity and of which we've had a lot of issues having gravity one way toward the rim, but not a ton in the other direction, the gra- gravity on the perimeter this year, it's, it's been the most that we've had really, I, you know, in, in years. And I'm so excited to see what the stars can do with that, because there can be a lot of positions basically, basically where LeBron is at the elbow or at the top of the key. And he's not overly exerting himself. He's just reading the floor like a quarterback. This guy's open. I'm going to distribute it there. And I think that from a, like, fatigue and and getting through an 82 game season standpoint that's great for lebron as opposed to like go beat this guy off of the dribble you know starting in in the slot
2: yeah that i can't argue against that point really Uh, there are only a couple of players now on the roster offensively where you feel like ball gets kicked out to that player and the defense is just totally fine with them shooting um so that that is a positive development as you guys know i do tend to prefer Trying to either getting to the basket with more ease in mm-hmm. uh, finishing, or drawing the defense there and then getting an open shot for a player that's a worse shooter than a than a, a shot for a player that even though they can knock it down, it's still a jump shot, and teams are still in in some cases w- willing to to deal with that. So how Wood plays into it? At least he too can punish you inside. So while mm-hmm. he's a good shooter from three, and you know thirty eight percent is seems to be a number that he's typically around he can also roll to the rim. He can also catch lobs. Like he can also, he's got little baby hooks. He's got little floaters. He's mm-hmm. got a, a bunch of stuff there where, where I get, where I get a little bit wondering how it's going to work out off or on defensively is then how does he play with LeBron and AD, which is, you know, the best fit offensively in terms of that spacing five. always thought about, but then one of them has to defend a perimeter player or one of them has to defend a three. And if that's LeBron in this case, because you know Wood and AD aren't really going to do it, although AD certainly can, then who are the two guards that are next to them? Uh, and in that ideal, in that kind of a lineup, and so if Wood isn't, if it isn't the most natural fit in terms of the three, four, five with LeBron and AD, well, then which lineups is Wood going to be out there with? Because if it's with LeBron as the five, then. Are you then? Is your three like Rui, somebody who can actually play center in certain ways and bang Mm -hmm. like he did against Jokic? Mm -hmm. You know, because it it just I have I get it with AD because anybody fits defensively with AD Uh, in the same way that on almost on offense anybody fits with LeBron or with Austin um, or even in a sense with D'Lo like guys that can do multiple things. But that's where, like, fast forwarding to a playoff series, that's where I'm already trying to think of what are these ways to to get around the fact that if you have a five that is not really capable of defending or hasn't shown that, that that they're capable of defending, then what do you do? And do you still have to use that last roster spot or like make a different trade to get a guy that you really can count on defensively? Uh, and that, and I, my answer for that is yes. Like you, you have to have somebody besides AD that you can count on defensively. And Mm -hmm. that has not been wood so far. So while he, while he provides all of these potential, fun things offensively and fun ideas and lineups then i i immediately think about the other end of the floor and that's where mm-hmm. i need some more time to work those things out let's go to break here
3: because i have some thoughts on wood's defense another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help I want my bigs to have some sort of like defensive identity and defensive presence. And um, even Hayes, you've talked about Hayes in mm-hmm. the past, Pete, as like potentially being a switch option or, or someone who can offer some modicum of, of rim protection, even if it's not ne- as a weak side player, if not necessarily from a drop coverage, right, where he may not be, be as strong. This is going to come down to Darvin stuff, and we'll talk more about Darvin in a later pod, but what's his proclivity to play in two big lineups, and what does that look like, and is LeBron going to be one of those bigs in a two big lineup, and if he is, then who are the Wings? then right like there's a lot of combinations that darvin is going to have at his disposal the lakers have just added in christian wood another guy who is used to playing 20 plus minutes Mm -hmm. and it sees himself as a viable rotation player on a team that already had like 11 of those guys before he got signed Mm -hmm. right and 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 so on a 14-man roster there's maxwell lewis And Jalen hood Shafito, right? They have regular contracts. And the expectation is probably like they'll almost surely spend the entire season in like the G League, right? But every other player, that's 12 other guys are all rotation guys. And and so in getting back to Wood's defense, he's going to have to play a certain amount of defense in order to stay on the floor because he just can't be a sieve, right? Like... I'm thinking if he's on the court with LeBron, then I almost think that like the LeBron-Rui combination has been so strong that it's like I don't want to go away from that. But I also feel like, well does vando need to be on the court with those guys in order to do more like where does prince fit in like i think that when you're talking about the composition of wood lineups it's so easy to skew offense because that's what he's good at but i'm looking at ways to try to support him defensively in ways so that you get the most out of him offensively
1: pete and that's a big reason why I would love him to spend most of his minutes next to AD rather than LeBron, right? In that sure. I think around LeBron and I, I forget the exact phrase that he said, but the great Nick Kioski, who's been part of Lakers Digital longer than, than anybody. We were watching one of the OG. Uh, that's right, man. Nick's, Nick's great. Uh, LFR pod listener as well. Um, and his point basically as we were watching one of the uh, games in the Memphis series was like, you need guys around LeBron and AD that- run around and do stuff, you know, like that they're big and athletic and that's kind of the nature of their game. And so to me, Jackson Hayes is more of a natural fit next to LeBron at the five spot um, and guys like Vando as well. And Rui, right. These are guys that are, that have, bit. they're big, they have size, they have motor in ways that Wood, especially on the defensive end, doesn't quite, I think we could give up a lot of points with LeBron and Wood type of combos. And so that great benefit that Wood has Mike I'd love to take advantage of that in ways where we're not giving up a zillion points on the other end as well so to me that I I go toward that like if you've got AD on the floor I think there are enough combinations there where it's like Wood has a degree of mobility this is one thing about all of our our fives is that they can move their feet at least a little bit in ways that you can work with um but in in his case if you got AD on the floor next to him AD can help solve some problems in ways that Wood can also help AD in that those are some two big lineups, right? So basically I think AD can cover for Wood while Wood is spacing for AD on the other end. So I see him as more of an AD fit than a LeBron one.
2: And I think that's true, but that also to me is a concern because that's like yeah, AD's emergence, it's it's been when AD was on the floor last year, uh, the Lakers had things covered pretty well. And when LeBron is in peak LeBron and playoff mode, then you could put a lot of players next to LeBron and sort of be fine, you know, it, when he's really on top of things defensively. But we're we're talking about getting through the eighty-two a lot, and if we're linking Wood with AD more, then that still le- that leaves sort of that. Do you have to start him? Because I don't, no, I don't know, that I don't you think can. you can. Yeah. So right. So then how many minutes? So then how many minutes is so he's coming off the bench and playing with AD a little bit more, right? And then the LeBron unit is. Yeah, I just I'm there's still that that's yeah. like that defensive presence, right? That I yeah. just don't. So I'm now I'm kind of I'm back to thinking, all right, how can we get Christian? How can the Lakers? How can Darvin Ham get Christian Wood? Um, you know, to see himself a little bit more uh, in a, in a defensive role that just hasn't been there as much, you know. And so, all right, you just over you just over index on offense then, <laughs> and just try to outscore teams yeah. of that unit.
3: This is where though it's like it goes back to my thoughts on the player and player approach and player mentality and all of this other stuff, right? Like you're never going to escape that. It's the player out there who has to go out there and play. We can talk about coaches putting you in the best position to succeed and scheme and all of this other stuff. And we'll get to that with Darvin and what those things could look like. But the player buy-in and how the player sees himself, Mike, no one could speak better to this than you, but The idea of what Dwight Howard was his first stint with the Lakers versus what he did in his second stint with the Lakers and how he envisioned himself and the role that he sort of bought into playing. Those were two different players and they were players at different stages of their careers. And like, I get it. So it's not an apples to apples comparison, but the I'm here now to do more of this and I'm going to do this. That was one of the things I loved about Dwight. And it comes from that pedigree too, of him being like a number one overall pick that like came into the league a certain way and had this diversity of skills and then could then just tap into another part of things. And I'm by no means convinced that Wood has that in him, but he has an opportunity to prove a lot of people wrong and basically say like, no, when I'm out here, I'm gonna compete defensively in ways that i maybe haven't earlier in my career and the lakers need that from him
2: and uh, i think that this is where that you can pull it more of an optimistic perspective on it because thinking about wood trying to play the right way last year in dallas and how they wanted him to well it was they needed him to be like the guy defensively because right. it was because JaVale that that didn't work out to start the season and then it was really just dwight powell or Maxie cleaver and, and he's like well i I'm not Anthony Davis. Like I can, I can try on offense, but here or on defense. But these are that's not my game part. And now he can come into this season and be focused more on like what his game is and have and just giving a little bit more defensively. So that if Anthony Davis is on the roster and he's playing and he's on the court, then it it does slot wood in a different way that he has been slotted, uh, and the expectations are not the same for him. And if he doesn't do the things that he's asked to do in that context. Then that's an issue for him because what does he want to? He doesn't want to pick up a, the second year of a player option on a minimum again. Right. And so that's the that's the part where you could think that it makes him harder to trade in some senses, but not really because he still then has to prove uh, right that he can be this sort of a fit. So that to me is where the risk is limited uh, and the and the reward I think is potentially there and why I totally yeah. get it uh, from from what the Lakers are thinking in this context. And just because it isn't a there isn't a perfect fit, well, that you're not typically gonna get one with your yeah. 14th roster spot or with that that move that you're making there. And there is a there's a very clear way that it can work.
1: There aren't a lot of guys who are available at this point of the summer where it's not their talent so much that you have a question about. And those are historically guys we've gone after Demarcus Cousins, then he got hurt and when we signed Dwight, that was later in the summer. Dennis Schroeder yeah. last year was later in the summer, right? This is a great place, and I think there are a couple of guys, Cam Reddish and Jackson Hayes, fitting into this as well. Where L.A. and the Lakers, this is a great place to reinvent yourself or to to kind of discover who you are and really tap into that. In that, like you said, Deed, it's about the player, right? He has the opportunity, and I know people roll their eyes at this, but he's a big Kobe guy. Um, I, I believe he named his son Kobe. I don't quote me on that, but I believe that that's his son's name. And the Lakers. You know, we saw this in Austin's post when he resigned or a place where people, I don't know, it can have an extra layer of meaning that can be different. Right. And and so this is a great opportunity for Christian Wood, who's a guy, again, who the talent is not the question.
3: Definitely not. And the Lakers are a great proving ground for whatever you want to be. And if you want to be someone who finds himself potentially on a big deal the next year, you could prove it here and you could go get that deal. That's and been we've seen it happen a few times. The last just, couple of years, yep. it's happened for Malik Monk. It happened for Dennis Schroeder. Those guys signed minimums and are now making, you know, mm-hmm. over $10 million a year. This is also a place for a proving ground where you mm-hmm. don't make it here and suddenly you're not in the league anymore. Yep. Look at the roster from two seasons ago. How yep. many of those guys are not in the league now? A lot of them. What has a real chance here? I've offered some strong skepticism here, but that's not about his talent. It's more Mm -hmm. about is the buy-in going to be there and will he embrace the things that need to be embraced for a team that still needs defense and rebounding from a guy who plays that position? We'll have plenty more to say about this. They got a pretty talented team here and and now it's going to be on Darwin to make it all work.
1: Yeah, absolutely, D. This is going to be a fun season. A lot of work ahead of us, um, but I think that everybody sees the potential. And I was just in work yesterday and hearing all the sneakers squeaking behind me. Um, a lot of guys in the gym, um, you know, talking and yelling and it's good summer sounds. So really excited about this season and, and the work that we have ahead. All right. We will be back on Friday. I'm going to talk a little bit of Anthony Davis, uh, which was the initial plan for today. But until then, you've been listening to the Laker Film Room Podcast. We'll catch you guys next time.
3: Danger's got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn these double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tips to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. And Magic, got it.
1: Magic fires. It's yeah, the Lakers win the game! The Lakers win
3: the game! Three seconds left. That next to the winner. It. It's on the way. Goal!
2: No! 48 points, 16 rebounds. Back <laughs> with
0: There's, There's the, the move, score. two, score. one, Miss it. it! And there, victory, what shot popping out of five. Bryant, yes! And that was a little tough to Albert Gentry. That insulting the injury, Kobe, I mean what a shot, I mean you can't
2: defend that, are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining, Denver a foul to give, Jokic